Alright, here you go. Hello everyone in the podcast universe. Brother Ron, Uncle Ron here on episode 12, season 3 of RSB at Peace, the sports psychology episode. First of all, I want to thank all of the people that are listening in or viewing in. I am exclu- exclu- <laughs> I am exclusively on Spotify and Anchor. Uh, Anchor is owned by Spotify. So if you get the Anchor app, you can hear the podcast. If you download and update the Spotify app, not only can you hear it, but you can see the video as well. If you want to see the video, check out YouTube. Just type in RSB at Peace and the latest episodes are there. I'm on Twitter. Just type my name at Ron Sombrano. Also on Apple Podcast. And recently someone found me on TuneIn, the TuneIn platform. There you have it, my friends, as I slowly move forward in my quest to help those suffering from any kind of psychological hiccup, roadblocks, what have you. Again, as always, I must say that I am not a trained or licensed psychologist or a doctor of medicine. I am not a philosopher or someone from the church. I am just me and feel that I am the bridge for people to seek help if they need it. You know, you got a toothache, you go see the dentist, you got a broken foot, you go to the foot doctor. By the way, I got a a bad left toe. I got to go see the doctor pretty soon because this thing's killing me. And I don't know how much this is going to cost. I think something's wrong with the nail. It's it's just hurting like hell. Okay, so um, carrying on here. Since I don't have a professional sports psychologist to interview, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills of the Jim Kelly era. One of the best teams in football that made it to the Super Bowl four times and lost all four. So you say, how could that be? Well, it did. AFC champions four times, also known as Super Bowl runner-ups four times. (laughs) Second place doesn't cut it. In pro sports, right? Um, Also, I'll be talking about NFL players that lost their minds and got involved with the law. You know, criminal activities, whatnot. And I will talk about uh, Major League Baseball players that also uh, had the same kind of problems. And I'm just going to talk briefly about uh, two professional women tennis players, uh, Victoria... Azarenka and Naomi Osaka, uh, both women um, walked away from their matches because of uh, you know mental issues. Uh, that just happened, you know, within the last uh, few months. I think uh, Victoria, her her newsworthy um, articles came out in I think it was March of this year. And Naomi's came out, I think, last year. And I'll talk uh, talk about the death of a uh, professional golfer, uh, PGA golfer, uh, Payne Stewart, that died in a plane crash in October 25, 1999, a while back. 
and you know what his wife and family must have felt back then. Uh, the whole sporting world uh, mourned the loss of a very colorful, colorful, colorful golfer, uh, Payne Stewart. If you look him up, you know all you young guys. You know, uh, Tiger Woods just came onto the scene right around that time, but Payne Stewart was like a this pretty cool golfer. He he would use like a, I think it's called a Tama Shanter hat. Look it up, and uh, he'd use these colorful clothing, really colorful. And a lot of the stuff he used, the the, the clothing that he wore were like um, uh, NFL team colors. That's that's the kind of uh, clothing that he wore. Like you know one. One day he'd wear like uh, I guess like the 49ers logo, right on his shirt, hat, everything. And uh, another day he'd wear like another team. So go look him up. He's really he was a colorful dude, and pretty cool. Anyway, and I'm gonna talk about him as well. And um, also want to tell all of you young athletes out there that you have to keep your lives as clean as you can, right? Even if you're not a professional. If you're if you're in high school sports um, in your hometown, you, know, you are somewhat of a celebrity, believe it or not. Um, you're in the newspaper all the time. People know you um, or know your family. Uh, college, same thing. You need to keep a good reputation because a good reputation is something that people in business look for. I say business because one day you will need to go out and earn a living, be it in the sport you are in or another field. So kids, keep it clean, keep it real. Life is not easy and temptation can get the best of us. You do not want to you don't you do not want your face plastered all over social media as a criminal. Blah. Okay, so uh Let's get on with the podcast, shall we? Let's take a look real quick at my, um, since I don't have a, 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 a crew here, everything's me. Okay, so bear with me, folks, and I got my uh, Super Bowl hat on from the Rams. I think this is the year that they lost. I want to thank my friend uh, Terrence Lindio. <laughs> uh, Terrence, Terrence, thanks for the hat. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to read about, uh, let's see, uh, let's talk about the professional tennis players, the women pro tennis players. Let's talk about uh, Naomi Osaka first, all right? Let's talk about her first. And, um, okay, so this was, um, I don't know, when was this dated? Uh, this was dated in May of 2021, so I'm just going to read this article, um, uh, tennis star Naomi Osaka said uh, she with, she she is withdrawing. This is a while back. This is an old article. So uh, she was withdrawing from the French Open after refusing to speak to the media at the Grand Slam. All right. So the four-time major winner posted a statement on her Twitter saying she was pulling out so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris, adding that she would take some time away from the court. Osaka revealed she had she had suffered long bouts of depression 
since winning her first Grand Slam title in 2018, uh, a year before this incident. So I'm just reading what it's posted. So um, she was citing mental re- mental health reasons. Uh, she posted on social media she would not participate in any news conferences during the French Open, hoping that any fines she incurred would go toward a mental health charity. All right. Following her straight set victory on that Sunday, Osaka was fined $15,000 for not talking to the media. Um, it, it was said in the statement. Um, so she was quoted as saying, This isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago, Osaka said in her statement. Um, she continues, I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on uh, the tennis going on in Paris. Uh, again, she keeps continuing here. I never wanted to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal, and my message and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivi- trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. Okay, so the truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the US Open in 2018, and I have had a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted, and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety, all right? So, though the tennis press has always been kind to me and want to apologize especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I am not a natural, natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media, all right? That was uh, that's what she said, and she continues. I get really nervous, and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious. So I thought it was better to exercise self care and skip the press conference. I announced it preemptively because I do feel. Like the rules are quite outdated in parts, and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament apologizing and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press, and fans. Following her decision to opt out of media duties last week, the French Open was criticized for posting a tweet which it has since deleted with photos of Rafael Nadal, Kei Nishikori, Arena Sabalenka, and Coco Golf. Guess that's how you 
pronounce their names. I'm not a tennis guy. Engaging in media duties with the caption, they understood they understood the assignment. All right. Four-time Grand Slam doubles winner Renee Stubbs tweeted, "This is some serious shade from Roland Garros and the French Tennis Federation." Uh, whatever that means, I didn't really get that. So, I understand your attempt at making a point, but this isn't a good look. I mean, these particular players are a great look for tennis, but making a player feel feel guilty and humiliated or humiliating her is not a good look for a tennis fed. Okay, so Gillis Mordetan. French Tennis Federation president said in a statement, the French Tennis, Fe the French Tennis Federation uh, was sorry and sad for Naomi Osaka. The outcome of Naomi withdrawing from Roland Garros is unfortunate. We wish her the best and quickest possible recovery. And we look forward to having Naomi at the tournament next year. Moritin's statement read, As all the Grand Slams, the WTA, the ATP, and the ITF, we remain very committed to all athletes' well-being and to continually improving every aspect of players' experience in our tournament, in our tournament including with the media like we have always strived to do. Tennis great Martina Navratilova tweeted Monday about Osaka's decision. I truly hope she will be okay, Navratilova tweeted. As athletes, we are taught to take care of our body and perhaps the mental and emotional aspect gets short shrift. Well, that's a new word. This is about more than doing or not doing a press conference. All right. So after her victory over Romania's Patricia Maria Tig in straight sets on Sunday, the 23-year-old Osaka did not speak to the media and action she was fined for. 15 grand, I think it was. Man, I tell you what, if I was a pro athlete, my introvert kind of personality would be out the freaking door, man. <laughs> I'd be like... Wait a minute. Um, if I don't talk to the press, how much am I losing? Say that again. 15 grand. Oh, holy shit, no. Give me the mic. <laughs> Can I get more money if I talk extra? Uh, I think you know, I'm going to stop right here because I want to talk about other things. Um, I get it. Okay, there's people with uh, anxiety issues, depression, whatever. And I'm not judging this girl, but this is just my comment, all right? This is just my comment. I'm just a podcaster, but I got to chime in on this one. She needs some mentor to help her realize that she's in this profession that she had to know Going into this world, she would be a celebrity. Hello, you're playing in the French Open, the U.S. Open. It's not like, you know, just your neighbors watching. Hello, 
with social media and the regular media. You know, if it's on CBS, I mean, a gazillion people are watching you live. Uh, and I'm, I'm not knocking this girl. Um, what's her name? Naomi Osaka. I'm not knocking her. But she needs to realize this is just me. I'm not, I'm not criticizing her. Maybe I am, but I'm just using, you know, I'm just using my or just have my opinion. I just have my opinion here. She needs someone to coach her, you know, and say, hey, okay, we can develop your backhand, your lob, your serve. Now we're going to have to develop your mental strengths, okay? Because, hey, listen, girlfriend, um, I don't know who her agent is. I'm sure she has an agent. He wants to make money or she wants to make money. So every time stuff like this happens, it's, it's damaging her career. She needs to get over her fear or anxiety of talking to the press. I mean, it, it, it's, I'm just saying there's certain things that come with the territory, yo. Um, you know, and I used to work in restaurants, and you know, my family owns restaurants, and they still do actually. But you know, a lot of these kids nowadays they watch like the Food Network, right? And they they just want to be like that rock star chef. And um, I tell these kids, look, man, I don't care if you go to culinary school or whatever. Can you work a freaking 10-hour shift scrubbing stuff? Because a lot of times when you're just starting out, you're going to be just doing, like, total manual labor. I mean, I don't know about now. They might have got soft with kids in the kitchen, a lot of ready-made stuff, Right. You don't need to use your knife anymore because we get the potatoes already cut. And I've seen that happen. You don't need to make sauces anymore. We just buy it. You just open the can. But when I was young and working in restaurants, man, they just freaking worked my ass. Like, worked it. It's like, you're going to wash dishes and you're gonna, then you're going to do some prep work. You know, it's like, what dishes? You know, like those 100 pots, pans, and plates and forks and knives and you go home smelling like crap you're sweaty you're stinking and you just to kill the pain you're smoking pot or that this is back in the day snorting snorting whatever drinking whatever and that's just the the world right that's that's reality so this girl or this young lady who is I'll say it, she's a professional tennis player on the professional tour, the circuit, traveling internationally. Come on, she needs someone to teach her how to get over her fear of talking to people, right? I mean, like I said, okay, like if she's stressed out, you know, she's depressed. This is what the podcast is all about. It's it's trying to bridge the people with some kind of mental issue, psychological issue, and bridge it. Someone needs to step in. I don't know about now. This happened like a year ago. But someone needs to take her. I mean, 
isn't there someone that can mentor her, right, or not? I'm sure there's got to be, right? Or am I wrong? I mean, there's like therapists that, that work on their thighs and their shoulders every time they're done practicing and every time they're done with their matches, win or lose, I imagine, right? Ice baths, uh, hot tubs, whatever, massages, right? To heal the body, well, I guess nowadays you, you, they need somebody to heal their minds, I guess. You know what I mean? Maybe she needs meditation. You know, meditate after the match, meditate before the match, or pray or something. And, you know, to meditate, you know, hey, Naomi, you got to talk to one million reporters right there in the locker room, you know, and meditate, take a deep breath. All right. It's just going to be for a few minutes, and then it's done. And then you do your own thing after, whatever it is. Um, I don't know. That's just my opinion. This girl, I don't know about now because this is this happened like last year. And I'm not following tennis that much or at, or at all. But I hope that someone has taken her and, you know, under their wing and helping her realize that talking to the media is part of their gig. You know what I mean? I mean, it's redundant questions a lot of times. You know, my favorite team is the in, in sports is the LA Dodgers. And I watch the post-game interviews all the time. And man, the questions are so stupid sometimes. And you can tell that the, the players are, are scratching their heads and they're thinking, why am I being asked this stupid-ass question, you know? And um, I won't even get into it, but you, you watch sports. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, what else? Okay, let's check my time, guys. Hope I'm not boring you. Oh, man. Wow. That much time went by? Okay, I'm just going to read real quick on... Uh, Victoria Azarenka. So Victoria Azarenka storms off court during a match against 16 year a 16 year old at Miami Open. Cites stress, another mental issue. Um, this was uh, when was this? Earlier this year, March 28 of 2022. So Azarenka uh, then was the number 12 seed at the Miami Open. Said she couldn't have gone on the court on that day. I'm just going to read a little bit of this girl. All right. So, Victoria Azarenka, the former world number one women's tennis player, shocked fans on that Sunday. This was a while back again. When she abruptly left the court during the middle of a match at the Miami Open. Okay. Playing against 16-year-old Czech Linda Fravertova, Azarenka informed the chair umpire that she was done and stormed off the court in the second set as the teenager led 6-2-3-0. Um, uh, the decision shocked fans and broadcasters at the tournament in Miami Gardens. Azarenka the number 12 seed at the event later released a statement saying she shouldn't have gone 
on the court that day and i'm looking at a picture of her she looks really like stressed out depressed whatever um the last few weeks i've been extremely stressful wait the last few weeks have been extremely stressful in my personal life last match took so much out of me but i wanted to play in front of a great audience as they helped me pull through my first match she said i wanted to go out there and try but it was a mistake the Belarusian professional tennis player 32 is competing on the tour without the name or flag of her country due to sanctions over Russia's invasion of neighboring Ukraine. Uh, at this time, she previously won the Australian Open in 2012 and 2013. So she's uh, she's a pretty bad she's a pretty badass pro. Um, Uh, the abrupt exit by Azarenka led the umpire to call the match in favor of Fervertova. Man, I have a hard time pronouncing these names. Who initially admitted to being confused. However, Fervertova called it an honor to share the court with Azarenka. All right. Um, you never want to end the match this way, but it happens. We shook hands and then she walked off. Fra Vertova told the AFP. Uh, in the previous round, Azarenka defeated Russia's Ekaterina Alexandrova in a final set tiebreak. Uh, I hope to take a break and be able to come back, Azarenka said in the statement. I'm sorry to the fans for what happened as you were great to cheer for me. It was the only reason I decided to step on the court. I always look forward to the challenge and pressure of competition, but today it was too much. I have, I have to and will learn from this. She added, I would like to congratulate my opponent and wish her the best of luck in this tournament and beginning, and beginning of a prof professional career. All right. Uh, and it talks about um, Naomi Osaka. Okay, so right now, okay, I'm not making fun of this stuff. I know it seems like I was, but I was just being real on um, Naomi Osaka that she needs to learn, and she probably did did learn to talk to the media. I don't know, but I mean, if you're young and you're listening, and you want to get into anything public. And you're going to be a public figure. You're going to have to learn to grab the mic. And you're going to have to do your promos, man. Just like those wrestlers before. Right? You can learn a lot from watching like old school wrestlers. You know when they give get, grab the mic and they're doing their stuff, their promos or whatnot. And um, I mean, that's like basically you got to learn to act. Basically, I think that's the thing. You got to create a character when you're talking. Um if you're shy, you can't be you who's shy. You have to create a character and be this character when someone's interviewing interviewing you. Be yourself, but, you know, get into some character. I don't know. That's just me. So anyway, uh, let's check my time here. Check my time. Ooh, hold on. 
I'm out of focus. Oh, man, I need a team. All right, hold on. Whoa. All right, I'm going to talk about... Da, 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 da. Uh, let's talk about some... Okay, NFL players that kind of like messed up. Okay, here's uh, 27 active NFL players who have been arrested multiple times. And this was uh, hmm, online business2community.com. Okay, this is just recent. All right. Okay, so again, 27 active NFL players who have been arrested multiple times. Now, just the title or the headline of this of this um, article says it all. These NFL players weren't too bright. Probably making millions. Making millions. Right? Blowing it because they've been arrested multiple times. Now, I can see you got arrested one time, right, for doing something stupid. Maybe you went to the bar and nightclub, you got into a fight, right? One time, learn your lesson. <laughs> but here's 27 active NFL players who have been arrested multiple times. Multiple times. That's not one time. That's more than one time. More than once is too much. All right. Let's read this. Let's read this crap. Okay, with football action officially back, the NFL would love nothing more than to sweep all the off-field issues of its players under the rug and lure the focus of fans back to the gridiron. And frankly, after an off-season full of mind-numbing deflate-gate coverage, so would we. However, if there was one thing deflate gate accomplished it was drawing the media's attention away from all the real legal troubles nfl players ran into and boy was there a lot of that all right in 2015 alone there have been 31 nfl players arrested including six instances of domestic violence five duis three guns slash weapons charges and one shocking case of animal abuse, which featured former Falcons linebacker Prince Shembo killing his ex-girlfriend's five-pound dog out of self-defense. Atlanta released Shembo once the story broke, but now that he's taken a plea deal, the Falcons are considering bringing him back. Keep in mind that when Shembo was a student at Notre Dame, he also allegedly sexually assaulted a student at nearby St. Mary's College who killed herself two weeks after the incident. I didn't know that. Okay, so this is messed up. Okay, so keep in mind that when Shembo was a student at Notre Dame, he also allegedly sexually assaulted a student at nearby St. Mary's College who killed herself two weeks after the incident. Wow, that's pretty trippy. So forgive us if we think that crime in the NFL hasn't quite forgot. Uh, in, okay, let's try that again, yo. So forgive us if we think that crime in the NFL hasn't quite gotten the coverage 
it's deserved this year. All right, so according to the USA Today database used to create our interactive NFL arrest topic, 132 NFL players have been arrested multiple times since 2000. Alden Smith became the latest player to add to his criminal record in late August when he was arrested on his third DUI charge. While some of these are more serious than others, it's still difficult to comprehend why these millionaires would compromise their lucrative careers by breaking the law multiple times. So then again, while the NFL is worried about how inflated its balls are, many of these players go unpunished by the league for their transgressions. I wonder why. We'll go through each player in alphabetical order, which means we're starting with one of the most accomplished defensive ends of this century. All right, number 27, Jared Allen, arrested two times. Classifications DUI 2, description 1, accused of second drunken driving incident in five months, also charged with speeding. Description 2, pulled over for speeding, accused of drunken driving in Oakland Park, Kansas. Allen served two game suspensions for these arrests, which both occurred in 2006. At number, 26, at number 26, Jonathan Babineau. Did I say that right? Arrest, arrested two times. Classification, drugs and animal abuse. Okay, description one, pulled over for a traffic violation in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Accused of marijuana possession. Description two. Accused of killing girlfriend's pit bull in Georgia, later quitted on grounds of self-defense. Alright, number 25, Khalif Barnes. Man, this looks like a big dude. Two times arrested. Classifications, reckless DUI, reckless driving DUI. Okay, description one, police say he drove through a yard and crashed his Mercedes into a tree then fled the scene charged with violating DUI probation. Description 2. After being pulled over, he accused police officer he accused police officer of racism and called Jacksonville a hick town, accused of drunken driving. He later apologized, pleaded no contest, and received six months probation, 50 hours community service, $650 uh, fines and costs. That's it. Anyway, at number 24, Ahmed Bradshaw, twice arrested for a drugs and probation violation. Description 1, pulled over in Preble, Preble County, Ohio, for traffic violation, accused of marijuana possession. Description 2, undisclosed probation violation stemming from undisclosed incident when he was a juvenile. Bradshaw is the only player in this article not currently on a 53-man roster, but he is expected to be signed by a team once he fully recovers from a broken fibula and serves a one-game suspension related to his marijuana arrest. And number 23, Kenny Britt, arrested seven times. Classifications, license slash traffic violations, three, theft, Drugs, DUI, reckless driving. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, description one. 
charged with drunken driving after trying to pass through security gate at Fort Campbell Army Post in Kentucky. Description 2. Turned himself in on two outstanding warrants that say he provided inaccurate information on driver's license applications. Description 3. Accused of resisting arrest in New Jersey after police suspected him of trying to hide a marijuana cigar. Alright, not a marijuana joint, but a freaking marijuana cigar. What was the diameter of that bitch? Okay, so description number four, accused of eluding police with car chase in his hometown of Bayonne, New Jersey, speeding and obstruction. Description five, accused of theft by deception after allegedly not paying two bail bonds companies in New Jersey on behalf of his friend. Description six, pulled over in Nashville for windows in Camaro Tinted to dark, then cited for misdemeanor driving without a valid license. Description 2. Pulled over in Glen Ridge, New Jersey, and had three outstanding traffic warrants. Man, this guy, Kenny Britt, man, yo, you're messed up. Okay, number 22, Marcel Darius. Two times arrested. Uh, classifications, reckless driving and drugs. Number 21, Elvis Dumerville. Twice arrested, assault battery, guns, weapons. Number 20, Nick Fairley. Twice arrested, DUI drugs. Number 19, Everson Griffin. Twice arrested, assault battery, alcohol. Number 18, Vincent Jackson. Three times arrested, classifications, DUI, two, license violation. Uh, number 17, Sebastian Janikowski. Uh, he looks like the guy from uh, Disturbed. Hello, darkness, be my friend. I come to sing with you again. Da 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 da. Uh, Janikowski arrest. Three times arrested. Assault, battery, alcohol, DUI charge. Number 16, Adam Jones arrested nine times. Forget it. <laughs> this dude was arrested nine times. Uh, assault, battery, guns, weapons, drugs, alcohol, disorderly conduct. Yeah, ladies, gentlemen, this is the guy your daughter should not marry. Number 15, Marshawn Lynch arrested three times. Guns, weapons, drugs, reckless driving, DUI, blah, blah, blah. Number 14, Brandon Marshall arrested four times. Domestic violence, DUI, disorderly conduct. Uh, Ray... Mawaluga, Mawaluga. Did I say that right? Okay, anyway, arrested twice, assault battery, DUI. Rolando McLean, arrested three times. Von Miller, arrested twice. License violation, failure to appear, not that bad. William Moore, arrested twice. Domestic violence, traffic, license violation. Adrian Peterson, arrested twice. Resisting arrest and child abuse. Oh, Adrian, shame on you. Number eight, Matt Prater. Uh, twice arrested for DUI. Joseph Randall, twice arrested for drugs and theft. Uh, can't hire him to even work at 7-Eleven, yo. Uh, number six, Jerome Simpson. Is he related to OJ? Arrested three times. Uh, Alden Smith, 
Five times arrested. Uh, disorderly conduct, guns, weapons, drugs, DUI. This is another guy you don't want to uh, go cruising with in his uh, Jaguar. He might die. Uh, Akib Talib. Twice arrested for guns, weapons, assault, battery. He must have an anger issue. Uh, Dante Whitner uh, arrested twice. Disorderly conduct and harassment. Yeah, that's the that's the guy you want in your apartment complex, right? You got a hot looking wife, honey. Put on some baggy clothes. Uh, number two, Charles Woodson, twice arrested, alcohol DUI. Michael Vick, I covered Michael Vick last week. Uh, arrested twice for animal animal abuse and trespassing. Oh man. Okay, my time's running out. Okay, so anyway, I'm I'm not gonna get into um. Cause I got just a little time left. I'm not gonna go over like the other athletes in the major league baseball arena, right? Uncle Ron, brother Ron, I'm just gonna like uh, shoot the breeze for the next uh, I don't know five minutes or so. Yeah. So okay. So hopefully I can get uh. A professional sports psychologist on Zoom or something. You know, it would be really cool if I could hook up with uh, a sports psychologist that um, that handles, like, NCAA Division One athletes or, uh, you know, like, the major league level of, like, baseball, the NFL, and uh, the NBA, NHL, pro soccer, NASCAR. You know, those major league, you know... That iconic, epic level. Talk to those guys, man. They must have some freaking stories, right? You know, like, hey, how did you turn... How did you turn JoJo around, man? <laughs> I mean, the guy was a head case. Well, we're going to tell you what, man. You know, we uh, we got a club. Yeah? Well, we beat him over the head. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. But, um... It's interesting. Really interesting. I mean, these guys make, and these women, make millions of freaking dollars for playing a sport that they love. And I get it. It's stressful. It's stressful. But you know what, man? Let's say I was a pro golfer, right? And uh, let's say uh, for the last three years, I've been in the hunt to win my first major tournament like the major tournaments are like the masters the u.s open the pga tour uh the pga championship and whatever um there's some other ones the british open right but let's say in this in a three-year span i won like six tournaments every year for three years just regular tournaments i i won it outright that's like 18 championships, regular championships, right? But I, I, I haven't won that, that one of the Super Bowl of golf championships, the majors they call that. So the, there's like four, I think, right now in the regular season. So let's say, um, man, I'm leading the Masters in Augusta, Georgia for like um, – 
the first two days, right? And the media goes, hey, Ronson Brown, Ronson Brown, he's got a five-stroke lead over, you know, um, whoever. And he's been he's been on fire, right? And all of a sudden, you know, oh, man, all the media, all the media, they're on me. You think Brother Ron, Uncle Ron is going to clam up like some clam in the shell or like some some uh, shy turtle going back to his shell? No, yo, no way. Brother Ron, Uncle Ron, give me the mic. Give me the mic. I'll answer every question you throw at me, media man, media lady. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Ask me some questions, yo. What was that? Also, oh, Ron, what do you thought about uh, your shot on 16? Well, uh, you know, Jim, uh, you know, I just took my 7-iron and it was going against the wind. And I just um, just uh, remembered what my high school coach told me to do. You know, place the ball more towards my right heel and just kind of like hit a punch shot. And uh, it, it went right through the wind and uh, <laughs> it went down the fairway and right on the green and right into the hole. Next question. Yeah, Ron, um, what, what, what do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> That's great, Ken. Um, what I have for breakfast is a, a whole box of Captain Crunch and uh, some Portuguese sausage and a milkshake. And after that, get out of my way because I got to go and take a poop. Next question. I mean, I, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not do what I'm supposed to do. Did that make sense? <laughs> In other words, if they say, hey, Ron, if you don't do the media shit, we're going to find your ass freaking 10 grand. I'll be like, what? Say that again. <laughs> Mr. Sombrano, if you don't go up to the microphone and talk to the people, the friendly media here at Augusta, Georgia, we're going to find you $10,000. Do you understand? Okay, let me get this straight, ma'am. If I decide to walk away from the podium, away from the media with all the mic with all them microphones, I don't do the press conference, I get fined ten thousand dollars. That's right, absolutely, Mr. Sam Brano. Uh, holy shit. What time? I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be signing autographs for them. I'll be asking them about how their family's doing. No, man, it's like Man, if if they say something like, okay, this is the protocol. Whatever business you're in, this is the job. You don't do it, you lose your job. You don't do it, strike one. You don't do it, strike two. You don't do it, strike three, you ain't got no job. So, it's in your best interest if you need to speak to the media and you're going to be a public speaker, a public figure, you got to learn how to talk because I've seen some local politicians here on Maui they are so freaking lame with the mic. I seen one mirror. I'm not going to name his name. But one of the mirrors before we went to a, a restaurant in Lahaina to watch him. And he couldn't handle the mic. His assistant had to grab the mic and finish off the interview. Or the questions and answers, right? Say, Mr. Mirror, blah, blah, blah. He's like, ah, I don't know that one. <laughs> Ask me something else like, uh. How I bake my chicken. How's that? Or how what kind of wax I use on my wife's car. Can you ask me something simple like that? You know, guys were asking him political stuff, business things, and he was like scratching his head. He was like, uh, 
I don't know that one. So then my assistant's gonna answer that, okay? Nah, man, you gotta learn to be smooth on that microphone. Like Brother Ron, Uncle Ron, right now, man, I'm trying to be smooth on the mic, yo. Right? Get on that mic and be suave and be sexy and be, be yourself on the microphone. That's all I'm saying. That's what you to do. Uh, well, anyway, Sundays is my fun podcast. We talk about sports. And hopefully, you know, hey, if you're listening to this and you, you want a Zoom interview and talk about sports, we can do that. We can make it like a talk radio for sports. Not necessarily about the mind, but you know, everything becomes the mind anyway, right? Um, yeah, so this is Ronson Brown here a uh, couple days after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's having a safe holidays and, you know, Black Friday was two days ago. Um, why do they call it Black Fridays, man? Isn't that like derogatory? I don't know. Just seems that way. Why couldn't they call it like, it's the Christmas Friday shopping day, right? I don't know. Just that's just me. You could call it Cracker Friday. <laughs> anyway, okay. You guys have a good one. Ronson Brown, RSB at Peace, Season Three, Episode Twelve, The Sports Psychology Episode. Y'all take care now. You hear? <laughs>